Welcome to the Daily Bolster. Each day we welcome transformational executives to share their real-world experiences and practical advice about scaling yourself, your team, and your business. Welcome to the Daily Bolster. I'm Matt Blumberg, co-founder and CEO of Bolster, and I'm here today with Eric Reese. Eric is the founder of LTSE, the Long-Term Stock Exchange, and he is the author of uh, what I will call the world-changing book, uh, The Lean Startup. Uh, Eric, welcome to the Daily Bolster. Thanks for the kind words. So a uh, question I have for you, LTSE is an incredibly ambitious startup, very broad vision, uh, which I absolutely love. Like I gravitate to that kind of thing as a founder. Um, the conventional wisdom sometimes in Silicon Valley or in startup land is like, start small, like start with one little thing that you can kill and then go to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. So the question for you is, which is better? Is it better to go after a, you know, a really ambitious, long-term, seemingly impossible solution? Or is it better to start with something small, get it right, and increment your way out? Yeah, this is going to sound strange coming from the person who coined the term minimum viable product. But um, I think people actually get genuinely confused about whether experimentation means that you should have a narrow aperture of vision or whether experimentation is a method to accomplish a larger vision. I come down firmly on the side of something that is audacious, full stack, long-term, and seemingly impossible. And actually, there are three counterintuitive ways in which harder is easier. Okay. That until you've actually done this as an entrepreneur, it's kind of hard to believe. But uh, first thing is, if you're trying to do something genuinely, monstrously ambitious, you can attract far better talent. And I've had people come to work for me, especially on LTSC, that I have no business hiring. You know, <laughs> no business working for me. It's not me they want to work for. It's the mission. It's the vision. They feel like finally they can take the years of, uh, you know, difficult work they've done in their career and put it to a virtuous use that's going to make the world a better place. It totally makes sense. All right. So okay. Second, yeah, second benefit, talent. you can attract and retain way better customers. Because when you try to pitch your product to customers, if they feel like it's just a mercenary thing that you're out for yourself, it's a totally different pitch. It's a totally different sales process. And if you're willing to say, no, if you work together with me together, we're going to change the world in this way that is genuinely in your interest, is genuinely to your advantage. And you see that you know, in healthcare companies where it's like, if I'm willing to invest in your community, wouldn't you rather be my customer than have me be owned by some private equity shop that doesn't care? But you see that in lots and lots of other ways that um, the, the beauty, the natural alignment of the human emotion to want to make the world a better place, to want to embrace the human universals like love and trust, that actually makes the product more sticky. It, it's a tremendous source of competitive advantage. I love that. All right. So we've got better employees we've got yep. customers yeah what's, and then this is the most thing? this is the most tricky one of all every person i talk to especially almost every ceo com constantly complains to me about how difficult it is to communicate with their own employees about their strategy to create alignment towards some goal and it's like you got to repeat yourself a hundred times think about all the, if you read any kind of strategy book they're constantly like saying basically most companies don't even have a strategy give me a break because they can't communicate coherently the only exceptions to that rule are the CEOs who have these monstrous visions. If your vision, if the thing you're trying to communicate is genuinely lined up with what people feel in their heart, it's actually really easy to communicate. What's an example? So, 
Yeah, uh, it's a company called Devoted Health is my favorite example of this. They are a health insurance company, full stack, trying to reinvent American healthcare from the ground up. And they've got like crazy growth, unbelievable revenues in just a few years is really working. And part of the reason it works is their ethos is to treat every customer with the love you would show to your own parents. Which sounds like absurd. People are like, that oh, sounds so crunchy. It's, but that's a fierce source of competitive advantage uh, for all the reasons we've just talked about. Think about the doctor who wants to work there instead of having to work in some corporate health environment where they don't actually get to take care of their patients. Think about how, like, you know, how empowered the, your employees feel when they have that as their mission. Of course, think about how customers customers call their customer service angel agents guardian angels, not customer service reps. Like it's it's very powerful. But the most powerful part of it, I think is that that is a very easy strategy to communicate, understand, and implement. So instead of having to spend 50% of your time constantly berating your employees to do the right thing, constantly having to design compensation systems to try to like get them somehow through some trickery to do your abstract, like most strategies are hard to communicate because they don't actually make any sense to ordinary people. That is just phenomenal. This is, I, I feel like I needed to take notes this whole <laughs> five minutes. What a, a counterintuitive, right? Easier to solve the harder problem. Uh, three phenomenal pieces of advice. Eric Reese, thank you so much for being here. My pleasure. Thanks for having me.